This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com Welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Jay Bear. Jay is a New York Times bestselling author and also author of his recent book, Hug Your Haters, How to Embrace Customer Complaints. Jay, welcome. Uh, Callan, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. So, Jay, for people who are not familiar with you, maybe give them a brief summary on how you got started on your journey to become a successful entrepreneur. Sure. I started uh, in politics. I was a political campaign consultant, did that for a little while, went into traditional marketing, uh, accidentally got involved in online marketing in 1993 and have started uh, five multi-million dollar companies since then. My current firm is called Convince and Convert and my team and I do social media strategy, content marketing strategy, uh, customer experience strategy for some of the most interesting brands in the world. We work for uh, Adidas and the United Nations and SAP and a lot of other really cool companies and I spend most of my time now traveling around the world giving speeches and writing books. That is awesome. Now Jay, let's talk about some of the challenges you face because uh, I spoke with Tom Wheelwright, he's one of the uh, Rich Dad advisors to Robert Kiyosaki. You know, as his advisor, Tom was telling me, uh, you know, we was talking about how a lot of people uh, f- are, are actually intimidated by those challenges of being an entrepreneur and, and Tom spoke about some of his challenges. I'm curious to hear about some of your specific challenges because all those challenges vary with different people, but it's about mm-hmm. see, but it's about seeing them uh, more so as a learning experience rather as a deterrent. Talk about that. Well, I think one of the things I really struggled with is that I wanted to be an entrepreneur even earlier than I was. I started my first uh, company when I was 30 years old. And I wanted to do it probably seven or eight years earlier, but but I was scared, right? I had a pretty good job, and I was like, well, why would I leave this pretty good job to go do something on my own, which may or may not be successful? Um, and and becoming an entrepreneur can be really uh, can be really scary. It's it's a it's a hard leap. And so, what happened to me is my uh, my best friend uh, since grade school. Uh, ended up marrying my wife's sister, so my best friend became my brother-in-law, which is fantastic. I highly recommend that if you can uh, make that work. So it was great, and uh, it was terrific. We spent all our time together. It was awesome. Uh, and I was uh, working as a digital um, strategist for a big company and, and getting paid well, but he suddenly came down and was diagnosed with brain cancer. And I walked in the next day and quit. And I said, uh, you know, what am I scared about? Like, what's the worst thing that happens? If I start a company and it doesn't go well, I'll just go get a job like this for somebody else getting paid pretty well. There's there's no really no colossal downside. I certainly don't have brain cancer. Like, why why am I so scared? And so that was kind of the, the wake-up call uh, that I needed. And, and so I walked in and quit and haven't worked for anybody a day since. Awesome. What would be some advice uh, and, and then we'll go into uh, as far as you know dealing with customers and internet marketing. Mm-hmm. But what will be some advice that you would give Jay to help entrepreneurs overcome these challenges that they may face? Yeah, I, I think the biggest uh, piece of advice I have is to 
write down your fears. So it doesn't matter whether you're scared about becoming an entrepreneur or if you're already an entrepreneur, you're concerned about making a big investment or, or hiring somebody or firing somebody or doing a, a joint venture or any of the other things that entrepreneurs have to contend with. Uh, I find that so often we get paralyzed by our fears because we're scared of something that we're, we're not really sure exactly what the dimensions of that are. So what I always tell entrepreneurs, and I'm a, a very active angel investor, I'm, in, I'm invested in 15 or 16 companies in addition to my own firm, and I always say, write it down. Anything you're scared about, anything you're concerned about, sit down, grab a piece of paper, do it on your keyboard, and describe what the issue is. And once you actually describe it, once you sort of give uh, shape to it and form and you write it down, you realize like, oh, that's actually not that big of a deal. Most of the time when we're scared, part of the reason we're scared is because we are un uncertain. And when you write it down, you become certain and it becomes a lot less scary. Great. Um, I talked with uh, John Fisher. Uh, basically, he has a, he has a book uh, called Strategic Entrepreneurship. And it's actually required reading for UC Berkeley and University of San Francisco. And he talked about the old rules and new rules of entrepreneurship. Being that you know, you're so prolific in the internet marketing space, what are some of the old rules of online marketing and what are some of the new rules now? That's a great question. Some of the old rules would, would be uh, try to get as many people as you can on your website. Uh, and, and you might do that through search engine optimization, you might do it through email, you might do it through paid search, a number of other tactics. And, and while your own website continues to be important at some level, you have to recognize that most of the interactions you're going to have with customers and prospective customers, partners and prospective partners today are going to occur in places that you don't own and control. So you have to have a very strong presence, not just on your own site, but also in all the other places where people spend time. And that's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and SlideShare and LinkedIn and YouTube and Periscope and all these other places where, where people are spending time. That's where you start to make relationships, and then you deepen those relationships on your website. Uh, I think your website is, in many cases, less important now than it's ever been. That's that's actually good advice. You know, you know, basically, in other words, you know, trying to be where the crowd is at. You know, as opposed to trying to bring everyone into your house. And, I mean, no one's no one's coming to your website to hang out. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work like that, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a, an amazing stat from uh, from USC. Uh, the Center for the Digital Future there in, in LA, and they say that 85% uh, of your online time is spent on 15 sites or fewer. Uh -huh. And of course it is, right? Because you go one place for sports, you go one place for weather, you go one place for news, you go one place for shoes, you go one place for books, you go one place for movies. It's the same thing that happens in the real world, right? You go one place for gas, usually. There's three restaurants sure. that you like. You know, you, that you've got the movie theater in your neighborhood. So, you know, TV is the same way, right? I have direct TV. I have like 600 channels, and I watch like five of them. Uh, <laughs> and, and so your website's the same way. Like, you know, of all the places and, and all the ways that you could conceivably interact with somebody online, your website has the least amount of traffic. But we sometimes think about it the opposite. Like, oh, we got to make sure that, you know, we get them to our website. So, well, not really. Yeah. At best, what I try to do, Jay, I just try to get them to my website to get on my email list. You know, I That's don't right. care. I don't yeah. care if they, you know, go, go to my other pages on my website. If I get them on the email list, then you know, you know, it, it, it increases the likelihood of me being able to maintain a relationship with them. Yeah, and that's why one of the most exciting things in online marketing right now is Twitter and Facebook, in particular, Instagram will be next, are, are, are allowing you to run ads 
that collect email addresses right inside the ad. So if you're on Facebook, you can see the ad, you can say, hey, we want to send you our free ebook, our free guide, give us your email address, and all that can happen right inside Facebook. They don't have to leave to go to your website, which actually increases uh, participation rates. Yeah. And basically, like I said, back to what you're saying, as far as kind of being where the crowd is at, uh, for myself, you know, I write for I write for the Huffington Post, which has uh, 80, I believe, 89 million uh, monthly unique visitors. Uh, I, I produce videos for Entrepreneur, uh, which has about uh, about 60, 65, more or less uh, monthly unique visitors. So so what you're saying is true. You know, obviously, my my demographic you know, it's my, my demographic is people who want to be entrepreneurs, people who want to uh, shift into self-employed. So, you know, Entrepreneur Magazine is a good publication. Uh, Huffington Post has has a section for business, has a section for education. Right. So, uh, it's de- definitely is is it's all about being um, where the crowd is at, and um, you know, and and, and that kind of and that kind of uh, goes into what I want to talk about now. So, once entrepreneurs start getting customers um, what what would you say would be some ways that they can maintain consistent revenue from their customers and continue to increase more customers what would be some yeah. tactics you would give regarding the online marketing world yeah in in my new book hug your haters which is all about customer service disruption I, I talk about this a lot um, I mean the reality is that your customers are gonna have feedback some of your customers are going to be unhappy. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, or what business you're in, at some point some of your customers are gonna be unhappy. But that's actually good news, not, not bad news. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about the state of customer service, they did a huge, huge research uh, project uh, for the book and really looked at the science of complaint and found that today about a third of all customer complaints are never answered. So somebody says something about you on Twitter or Facebook or sends you an email or even leaves you a voicemail and you just don't answer back because you're like, I don't, I don't like that guy, I don't want to get into it, whatever, screw that guy. You know, A lot of people ignore criticism um, as, as, a, just as a strategy and, and it's especially true among entrepreneurs I find because entrepreneurs take things very personally because it's their business and so you're like, well, I don't want to deal with that, that that's negativity and so I just turn, turn away. But it's a really bad approach because no response is a response. It's a response that says, I don't care about you at all. So what we found in the research is that answering a customer complaint increases customer advocacy every time. And not answering a customer complaint decreases customer advocacy every time. So this idea that if somebody has a problem, we're going to ignore it is actually the worst possible thing you can do. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Kallen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's magazine, best web hosting service. In my experience, I've traveled in different parts of the world. About, I definitely would probably assume that you're probably much more well traveled than I am. But what I have found is uh, exactly what you're talking about: is the the level, the quality of customer service. Uh, in certain certain countries, uh, the, the bar, the standard is very low. Like mm-hmm. for example, in a lot of Latin American countries, um, you know, like for example, like. A lot of Latins are often sympathetic. They 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 uh they they they're very 
they want to shy away from hurting someone's feelings. Uh, so oftentimes, if if they get bad customer service, no one says anything. You right. know, and, and essentially right. what that does is it perpetuates more bad customer service. That's right. Yeah, and and what's interesting and, is that most people who who get bad customer service don't say anything. In fact, the research shows that only five percent of unhappy customers ever complain in a way that the business can find and they may say something privately to their friends but only five percent ever complain in a way that the business can find it so those people who take the time to complain are actually really important customers because they are telling you what you can do better and if nobody tells you uh, you don't know about it. I mean look Alan here's the thing the most overrated thing in business in fact I would tell you the most overrated thing in life especially as an entrepreneur is praise because every time somebody says, Callan, you're so good at this, Callan, you're so good at that, it makes you feel terrific, right? But it doesn't teach you anything because in almost every case, we already know what we're good at. What makes you a better entrepreneur, what makes you a better person is negative feedback and criticism. So the solution cannot be to ignore negativity. The solution needs to be to embrace negativity. Yeah, there's a book that's I'm not sure you're familiar with the book. It's called Raving Fans by Ken Blanchard. Yes, I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, love that book. You know, book is an excellent example. Uh, Raving Fans is kind of a short book, but your book is a bit more kind of comprehensive. So that's so. Um, but anyway, my whole point is, what would you say, Jay? You know, let's because you know, in, in the U.S. is a very very competitive uh, uh, atmosphere regarding business. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say? Would you think it'd be better? Uh, for you know, I just I guess maybe for an entrepreneur who has a business, you know, maybe to hang in there and trying to continue to you know, to, despite how competitive, despite how competitive it is, to trying to find uh, more creative ways to outbeat their competition regarding customer service. Yeah. Or do you think they should move to maybe a different part of the U.S. or even maybe a different maybe a different country and where they they know that the customer service is low. And they can see an opportunity to supersede uh, the competitors and, and, and have a faster acceleration of success. What would you say to that? Well, I certainly feel like we undervalue customer service and customer retention from a business perspective. I mean, everything about entrepreneurship, especially online is all about growth, right? It's all about customer acquisition. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best way to think about it, right? You know, think about how many growth hackers there are. Well, there aren't that many retention hackers, and there probably should be. Uh, to get to say this another way, each year worldwide, companies spend about $500 billion a year on marketing and about $9 billion a year on customer service. Now, that doesn't really make sense because even a 5% increase in customer retention can increase profits by 25 to 85%. And so I think generally speaking, especially for, for early stage entrepreneurship companies, we spend too much time and too much effort thinking about how are we going to sell more stuff and not enough time thinking about how can we keep the customers that we've already earned. And because that's true, because so many companies are not good at customer service, the companies that say, hey, we're going to emphasize customer service, this is going to be something that we're really good at, stand out, right? They, they are differentiated. And that's why I say customer service is, in many ways, the new marketing. Right. Yeah, I just I just think of the entrepreneur, Jay, who, you know, let's say, you know, let's say they're in San Francisco, let's say there's like a, a bunch of coffee shops and they, and, and they want to, you know, they're a, new, and they're a new coffee shop and they want to stand out. And, 
And I could imagine how it will probably – I mean they may have great coffee. They may offer good customer service. But you know, since there's other coffee shops that are more well-established, that already have a following, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, would probably, I would probably imagine for the entrepreneur it will be harder to break in. It will be harder to win some of their customers over. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 that's a, so that's why I offer the suggestion that you know, maybe going somewhere else. Where the competition is, where the competition is low. I mean, or or, or, the, qual- or the quality is not as high, and the competition is not as fierce. Maybe they can do better there. In, in certain parts of the U.S., definitely. You know, I've definitely seen where customer service could definitely be better. Uh, in Latin America, uh, in, in, in uh, most of the Latin American countries that I visited, I would definitely say uh, customer service can be better, and as well as other parts of the world. And I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm not a person that has like a a, re, a, a storefront or anything like sure. that. Yeah. But uh, I try to put myself in that person's shoes. Like, you know, if, if I was in, let's say, New York City, or if I was in San Francisco, and I was trying to, like I said, get a coffee shop or a restaurant going, but I was surrounded among seasoned coffee shops and, you know, well-known restaurants that already had a reputation, that already had a following, I would imagine that it would be very difficult for them to kind of break through and have some success. It, it, it would probably, I would imagine, take maybe a few years. So that's, so, I mean, I mean, as far as being realistic, Jay, you know, how would an entrepreneur maneuver through that situation? I think what you want to do is create what I call uh, a talk trigger. So you say, mm-hmm. what's the one thing we can do from a customer experience standpoint that vastly exceeds what customers expect? It might be better at customer service, it might be something else, but what can you do? that nobody would ever expect, that your competitors aren't doing, um, that that gets people talking. Because when you do something like that, uh, it compels word of mouth. Let me give you an example. So there's an amusement park. Uh, I live in Indiana. There's an amusement park near my house. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of the nowhere, and it's called Holiday World. Huh. And Holiday World is a family-owned amusement park. It's located in Santa Claus, Indiana. Uh, because, I know, it's weird. Uh, because it's family owned, they don't have any budget really. It's not a big deal. They they don't have you know Harry Potter or Spider Man or Mickey Mouse or any of that. They have Christmas Land and Thanksgiving Land and Halloween Land. This is all true. Mm. So they're really in a tough situation, right? I mean, if you're looking to go on vacation, I guess if you're if you live nearby, they have the advantage of location. But other than that, you know, why would you go there instead of going to Orlando or? Chicago or anywhere else or you know LA for amusement parks so right they have two things that they have built into their operations uh, that are talk triggers that that are their competitive edge so the first thing is when you go to Holiday World it's free soda all over the park they've got little huts that have um, soda dispensers in there you just get a cup and you have as much as much soda as you want you can drink diet Pepsi Pepsi Mountain Dew whatever you want all day long for free now, if you've been to an amusement park recently, usually a soda is like $7.50. So to give everybody free soda freaks people out. They can't believe it. It's like, they, it's like unbelievable, right? Like, oh my God, free soda. And of course, if you've been in business, you know that actual soda costs like three cents a cup, right? The actual yeah. cost to, for them to supply that is almost nothing. Yeah. So they just give it away. So the other thing they do is they Receive have a, value. Yeah, absolutely huge. So the other thing they do is they have a combination uh, amusement park there and water park. So it's one one admission gets you into both sides, amusement park and water park. So 
because they have the water park side, people obviously are wearing uh, swimsuits and that kind of thing. So they have free sunscreen. So all over, they've got like 55-gallon drums with a pump on top. It's like, have as much sunscreen as you want. Slather it on, people. As much free sunscreen as you can possibly use, which is smart because they don't want people getting sunburned anyway. It's bad for business. So free sunscreen. So people love free soda and free sunscreen. If you look on TripAdvisor, you know, TripAdvisor.com, the, the ratings website, uh, of all of the amusement parks in the United States, the amusement park that has the highest average TripAdvisor score is not Disney, is not Universal Studios, it's Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana, has the highest TripAdvisor scores of any amusement park. And if you look at their reviews, every single review, and I know this to be true because I analyzed it for my book, every single review mentions free sunscreen and free soda. Wow. So you've, yeah, got, you've come up with something like that that people can't believe, and then they do all your marketing for you because they're like, you won't believe I went to this amusement park. Guess what? They have free sunscreen and free soda. Definitely. That's definitely. what entrepreneurs need to do. Figure out a way to make your customers into marketers. Yeah. Now, online reputation is extremely important. It's not so much – well, actually, it's required that you be online because now if you're not online, no one really knows who you are because, because more and more people are getting online. Uh, so in regards to online reputation, it's very important. And, and you talk about in your book how to hug your haters. I mean obviously, there's going to be a lot of haters online, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, may emailing you, probably on your website or maybe uh, – or, or, or just maybe other sites that may post negative things. May, Maybe based based off of ignorance. Maybe because they heard something, they heard something, and you know, you know, obviously it may not be accurate. But you know, as they always say, uh, as they always say, uh, uh, bad guy, uh, bad gossip uh, travels farther than uh, compliments. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm hijacking the, the, the adage, but you know what I'm trying yeah, to I know say. What you mean, yeah. But um, but how how does an entrepreneur maintain and Grow their online reputation. Uh, you know, now, now you talk about your book, uh, "Hug Your Haters." How could they do that? Because obviously, sometimes entrepreneurs they may get bitter. You know, they may say, "Oh, this person just had a bad day," or "This person doesn't like me," or "This person is just a grump." You know, perhaps you could start off maybe maybe three ways on how entrepreneurs can uh, convert their haters into fans. Well, the first thing is to is to always answer them, right? You've got to answer everybody. You can't pick and choose, right? And say, oh, I believe that this person has an agenda or whatever. You don't really know what that person's situation is, right? So you should answer everybody. Uh, everybody who complains, you should always answer them. That's the first step. Second step is you should never get into uh, a tit for tat online. You see this all the time, especially among entrepreneurs who, who, who sort of start to argue with customers and go in this like deep you know, detailed back and forth, uh, and that never works. It's counterproductive. It just gets um, uh, super negative and, and doesn't actually solve anything. And then I think the third piece is to actually pay attention uh, to the feedback that you're getting. Now, look, sometimes people say things that are crazy or, or you know, potentially untrue in some way. You know, not all feedback is is pure. But what I've discovered in my analysis is that there's almost always at least a kernel of truth in every complaint, even if you don't want to hear it. And in some cases, there's a whole cob of truth. And so what smart entrepreneurs do is they keep track of feedback and say, hey, if more than one person says something about something, that's probably true, right? It, you know, this idea that, oh, that's an isolated incident, it's probably not an isolated incident, especially because only 5% of the people complain anyway. So you've got to pay attention to patterns of complaint uh, and then say, okay, look, 
if multiple people are saying this, then we should fix it. Like, go fix the actual problem that people are complaining about instead of trying to figure out how do we, you know, just continue to answer over and over. Does that make sense? Agree. Definitely agree. Jay, if people want to get in, people want to follow you or get in contact with you, how would they do that? Uh, the official website for the book is at hugyourhaters.com. All kinds of free bonus content. You can get uh, special I Love Haters socks, all kinds of awesome stuff at hugyourhaters.com. You can find more about me at jaybear.com, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R. Jay, thanks for being our guest. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen in Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.